0: Dollar Dollar Bills, a way of life to build personal wealth and financial freedom. It's Ashley here again, and I really wanted to talk again, maybe beat down your doors, beat it in your head, beat something with it, because it's such an important topic, and that's just this topic around retirement and, you know, how to retire and how to save for retirement, when to start saving, how to prioritize it, and so on and so forth, because As we're kind of, you know, in a year of sort of recessionary times and we're fighting against inflation, we're fighting against higher interest rates. I've actually read a lot of articles recently and a lot of information out there, social media and otherwise, one indicating how few dollars people have at retirement age some people, I think it was like 27% have nothing, have nothing, nothing for retirement. They've saved $0. But a lot of people, most people, I think it it was a a significant percentage, somewhere between 60 and 70%, only have about $250,000 to their name once they are, you know, nearing retirement age. So between 50 and 60 years old. And I keep seeing, especially again in recessionary times, and I, I noted this, in one of my previous podcasts about how to become recession-proof, something I really don't want you guys to do is to stop contributing to your retirement accounts, you know, regardless of how scared you are, regardless of how prepared you are for a recession. And it seems to be that, that everyone's trending in that direction, especially those at the younger age range, so between like 25 and 35, even 25 and 40, who think, well, I have plenty of time, right, to contribute to these accounts, I have plenty of time to save for my retirement, but I'm not going to retire anytime soon. So like, I don't need to contribute now. I can kind of stash my money away, you know, save it for a rainy day or also just save it so that I can pay my bills if something were to happen to my job. But... I really, really, really want to encourage that you guys do everything you can to kind of stay on track if you are contributing to a retirement account right now. And if you're not, I really encourage you to look into it immediately so that you can start building that wealth because I will tell you, it is a lot harder to start later in life because you also need to be contributing much larger sums because you have a smaller amount of time and amount of years that that money actually is able to grow and compound and work for you. So the younger you start, you can actually start with much less in terms of contributions, amounts that you probably wouldn't even feel that that much. Although I do know your income levels are typically lower in, in your early 20s and, and you know in your 20s generally. But you can start with just contributing something. And then let that run for 30, 40 years until you retire and, and see, see where you end up. And, and you're going to end up with a really, really nice amount of money. And so, as I'm seeing these numbers come out and these trends of either people stopping or deprioritizing their, their retirement savings and contributions or not having enough in retirement. I do also want to make the statement. I think I've made it before, and I've heard others make it before. You can't take out a loan for retirement. You can't borrow from anywhere for retirement. The whole goal is that you are saving and investing and contributing throughout your working years so that you are at a place where you can retire comfortably at a certain age. You may not be able to voluntarily retire. You might have to. You might be forced into retirement based on health conditions or you know personal personal situations. You never know what can happen in the future, and so saving for retirement should be number one over saving for other new purchases, cars, houses, et cetera. Saving for kids' college, saving for any of that should come secondary to you making sure that you have your retirement accounts fully funded properly to make sure that that you are going to be quote unquote safe, comfortable, and cushioned in retirement. So I really wanted to spend the rest of this podcast just reminding you guys about what the main retirement vehicles are and some of the caveats, some of the terms that you might see associated with those. And just to encourage you again to save now for retirement. I want you guys to be prepared. I want it to go on autopilot. So you set yourself up, set it and forget it. Know that you're going to, it's going to adjust your income, your your take-home pay per paycheck per month and just make lifestyle changes that allow you to actually save, that allow you to put money into retirement and that allow you to make this happen. Okay, so going into the retirement tools and vehicles that I want you guys to be aware of and the you know the thresholds cuz they change every year of what you can contribute, the rules, so on and so forth. So, the first and most important is if you are with an employer and they offer a 401k, you want to opt into that 401k, but you want to make sure you're you know how much they're contributing. I think probably in 95% of the time employers are going to be contributing something. A lot of times it's up to it's 100% up to you know, they'll match dollar for dollar up to 3% of your contributions. Some will do a certain percentage lower than 100% up to maybe 5 or 6%. I've seen all kinds of different things. I've seen employers match up to 10% and at that point you better be invest- you better be contributing 10% yourself. But that is money that is free. It's on the table. It is money that you don't have that is going towards your retirement that you need to be taking advantage of 100%. And with some of the changes that I'd noted on on a previous podcast, employers are going to start to more consistently and across the board offer both Roth and traditional options. So be mindful of that. Roth options are really, really, really great, especially if you're in lower tax brackets. But honestly, they're just great overall because all of that money is your money. Once you hit retirement age, there's also less rules around your money. There's less rules around how much you have to take out. There's less rules around the actual contributions into those accounts and so on and so forth. And so it's a really great option that the industry is kind of moving towards. And it's something I want you guys to take advantage of and know if your employer offers it or not. I know that over the next five years, they will probably have to offer both. So make sure you understand how much your employer is contributing and you're contributing at least that much money to your 401k, okay? I also want you guys to be aware that these numbers change yearly. And as of 2023, the contribution limit is $22,500 per year. Workers that are 50 years of age and older can contribute an extra 7,500. So catch-up contributions, are for those who have not contributed what they think is enough, which as I'm telling you right now, the data is showing that people are not contributing enough. So if you're over 50, 50 or above, I would highly recommend and suggest being able to take advantage of maxing out to that contribute to that catch-up contribution what you can on top of the the 22.5 so that's really important to uh, to understand and it's also important to understand that those numbers do change yearly typically so be aware of what those changes are in case you are wanting and you know in my recommendation you should do it max out what you can contribute per year to your 401k. The second vehicle oh sorry let me let me not change subjects too quickly because another important caveat is what some call a a vesting, like I guess it's common terminology that there is a vesting period for your contributions, not your contributions, but your employer contributions. So what that means, and every employer is different, is that the amount that the employer is putting in or giving you that is free money is, you know, does have certain stipulations around it. So typically an employer isn't going to have you fully vest in month one, especially if you're a new employee. I've actually just read up, I had a client show me theirs the other day. They're not fully vested until year six. I want you guys to hear that because there's a lot of millennials and you know different generations that would probably be shocked to hear that because that's a long time to be at a company or at least it feels like a long time. So I want you guys to be aware of the vesting period of your employer's contributions. Again, it's not your contributions that you're putting into the 401k, that is always yours 100%, but it is related to the employer contributions into your retirement account, into your 401k. So make sure you're aware of what that means. I think with my first company, after one or two years, I was fully vested. Uh, I think it was actually shorter than that. It was like between six months and a year, but it was pretty good. And I was with that company the first time I was with them for about eight years. So I was definitely fully vested. And so I got all the money that they were contributing into it. But you wanna make sure you know what that looks like and you are aware of what that means if you do leave that company early. The last thing is, and, and I, I know a lot of people really get a little freaked out when they're like, I don't know what investing is. I don't know what to invest into. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And so even though I hate giving this advice because it's just really not good it's really not, in my opinion, optimized to the economy year over year. What's changing year over year is if you have no idea what to put your money into, you literally are like, I don't know what these funds mean. These words don't make sense to me. I don't have the time, the energy, the, the mental capacity to look into this and figure it out for myself. My recommendation for you guys is to go with what they call a target date fund. And that's essentially a fund that'll have a number in it. These days, it'll look like 2050, 2060, 2070. And that number is you take it for your individual self and you you find the number that you will probably retire in. So if it's 2060, your plan is in and around 2060. That's going to be when I'm going to retire. And the cool thing about these plans is they they shift asset allocations over time. And so over time, they will be very aggressive or at least more aggressive. So if like, let's say they have 90% stocks, 10% bonds, and then over time, as you get closer to retirement age, it'll shift. So it'll drop down to 80-20. It may drop to 50-50. And then it it may shift even more so towards bonds as you get older, as you get closer to retirement age. And again, that's just this general mindset of, when you look at your asset allocation, when you look at having to get closer to actually using that money, you want it to be a bit safer. You want it to be in less risky, volatile types of investments. And so it does generally make sense to trend in that direction. However, there's so many caveats in there. There's so many There's so many times when like, 2023 is a great example. This is such a weird year that that might not be good and that might not be a good approach. And if you're into or approaching retirement right now, that might not be the best place to put your money. And so I will say if it's if you're not going to contribute to retirement account because you have no idea how to, I would rather you go into a target date fund than not contribute at all. So So I do want to put that out there. Just put your money into a target date fund. Maybe work with somebody in the future. I know a lot of employers talk to HR. They have you know financial resources that they've hired as part of either the HR team or that they've outsourced as part of the benefits that you get overall with your employer. So I would strongly encourage you guys to do some research on your own maybe reach out to your resources that you might have that are already being paid for by your company and you know do a better job allocating and, and buying into those investments. But if you don't have those resources, just do a target day fund and call it a day. The last thing I wanted to bring up is an IRA. So an IRA is an individual retirement account. It's not associated with an employer. It is an individual retirement account. So there are no joint accounts out there it's associated with one single individual everyone can open one as long as you have earned income and there is a roth version and there is a traditional version i really love the roth version for obvious reasons it's it's a great roth option and generally iras give you way more and again this this is probably not good for those who who are nervous about investing or don't know what they're doing, but they generally give you a lot more options in terms of how to invest your money and kind of how to strategically move it around in those retirement accounts more so than a 401k, typically a 401k either there I've seen some employers offer quite a few options, but in a lot of cases they are limited. If you look at a 401k versus an IRA, your investment options are fairly limited and and they're chosen by your employer. So, they're not necessarily the perfect most ideal optimized offerings for you. But you can contribute more into those accounts. Your your limits are much higher and I'll explain the Roth limits here in a minute uh, or the IRA limits. And the and the, again, the benefit is you you're getting free money through employer match. So, I always want that to be your first priority when you're looking to start investing for retirement. So, again, Going back to the Roth IRA versus traditional, the Roth is a nice, you know, option where you pay taxes up front. So you have that money in, in the long term, you don't have to pay taxes on it. The government's not, you know, tracking you down, making you take any kind of you know minimum distributions. They're not trying to get you to pull out that money ever because it is not it's not pre-tax money. And then you also have a traditional IRA as well that is pre-tax money and could serve as another nice investment vehicle in, in certain ways, but it, there are also limitations to it because in a lot of cases, if you have a 401k through an employer and let's say you don't qualify for a, an, because of your income, your income's too high and you don't qualify for a Roth IRA, you can open up a traditional IRA, but you might not get the pre-tax benefits of being able to reduce your taxable income in that current year because you have a 401k with your employer. And the reason behind that is because you're already able to do that with such a a huge lump sum through your employer if you're doing a traditional 401k that they don't want you doing that also with an IRA. So there's some caveats there. Also, the amount that you can contribute per year is pretty low. And again, it's just because it's a really, really nice vehicle to use for retirement. So the contributions for... 2023 did bump up from 6000 to 6500 So you can contribute up to $6,500 as an individual every year in either a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. An IRA is an IRA. The Roth or non-Roth are just how, how taxes are impacting them, but it's not like you can open a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA and put $6,500 into both. So keep that in mind as well. It's one or the other. And again, that $6,500 is your limit. They do also have catch-up contributions for anyone who is 50 and older. And typically, that's going to be like an extra $1,000 a year. So instead of $6,500, that's $7,500 that you can contribute into an IRA, whether it's Roth or traditional. But those are the two big retirement vehicles that give you a lot of a lot of options in terms of how you want to invest your money, how you want to have your money grow. And you now know my priority, which is the 401k with employer match being number one because it's free money on the table. And then looking into your IRA options, whether it be Roth IRA, which is my kind of second priority because of the from a, from a tax standpoint, the benefits there. However, you do need to think about what tax bracket you're in, what marginal tax bracket you're in, how much money you're making, and if it does make sense strategically to try and reduce your taxable income today versus not having to worry about taxes in the future and reducing that quote unquote taxable income in the future for your future self. But I just wanna end with talking about this in terms of now and later it's this is an investment in yourself this is an investment in your life this is an investment in your future and for as much as you guys are are nervous and struggling and concerned about you know quote-unquote surviving a recession in the present in the present day just think how much more stressful that would be if you don't have any retirement and we're in a recession okay if you guys aren't preparing and we're in a recession and you're too old to work, you're, you know, you're beyond working years, it's not physically, mentally, or emotionally feasible anymore for you to work. Just think how burdensome and stressful that's going to be on your life. So I encourage you strongly to not sacrifice the long-term goals for a short-term goal or for a short-term circumstance. And even if you're struggling, maybe, you know, you or your spouse or someone in your family did lose a job because of recessionary times or because, you know, and and maybe the market dropped at the same time, like maybe all these things are happening to you and it's just a really tough time. I strongly encourage you to look elsewhere, to take elsewhere, take from other areas in your life that you can maybe, you know, tighten up expense wise sell a car, buy a cheaper car, buy a used car, you know, sell your house and, and, and rent something for a while. But I, I strong, stop contributing to college funds. Just stop. I strongly encourage you guys that really the last resort option is for you to stop funding your retirement. What I would love you to do is today, right now, look at what you're doing for your retirement and start funding today and start funding as aggressively as possible. That's my goal for you. That's my hope for you. And that's really the, the biggest takeaway that I want you guys to have, especially during hard time. Because this is really where you're going to be tested and you're going to have to make decisions on where you strategically spend and put your money. And this is these are the times that you know, one, the stock market is is doing horribly. These are the times that you're able to buy stocks and buy shares at a discount that will grow exponentially in the future. These are the times when, when your money is really, is really building and compounding and making it and making money upon money for you for your future. It's working harder than ever, and so I really encourage you to continue down the course. Hopefully, you're already down the course, and we can just continue that. If you haven't started for retire, started saving for retirement, do it now. Do it today, and don't stop doing it. Figure out a way to make sure you can continuously contribute until you don't need to contribute anymore and you are retired but i just wanted to end there i think it's so important especially during really really hard times to have these conversations to keep you guys thinking about how important it is to continuously create and build upon our good habits specifically when it comes to retiring and retirement plans and building for our own futures all right guys i'll leave you at that Always remember, respect yourself by respecting your money. We'll talk soon.